Hey, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Women's Social Club chapters are open now in Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Miami, New York City, Pasadena, California, Wilmington, North Carolina, with multiple chapters in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. If you're in those cities, come join us at thewomensocialclub.co. And if you don't hear your location, visit our website and click start your own chapter. We'll see you soon and let's get to the show. And I remember as a child always saying, I will never find myself in, the, in this type of situation. I will, like, it was never, never, I'm never doing this. and I'm going to do this differently. And, and my life is not going to be like this. And it didn't happen that way. To all my hustlers, dreamers, love dealers, I'm that kind of girl. Work hard, play hard, for my own heart, might just rule the world. Welcome to the Women's Social Club, a women-supporting women group where we make it easier to connect with new friends and our communities while supporting our local women-owned businesses. I'm Hannah Weisberg, founder and CEO of WSC, and today we're excited to have Lynn Woods, owner of Back to the South Bling, a gift shop for women who like to stand out from the crowd. Lynn has been a part of WSC from the very beginning. She was one of our founding members from those early days of meeting outdoors with masks on and soon after became an event partner. She has such an amazing entrepreneurial story and it all started even before high school. So I have been a crafter my whole life. My mom, that's where I get it from. As a child, she was always decorating our house for every holiday, every season all of that and then she just always was making stuff. Um, I had my first business when I was 12. I made hair bows and then on the weekends my mom would take me to the hair salons and then I would sell my hair bows. She loved it but unfortunately she had to stop because it was affecting her schoolwork. She had the entrepreneur bug though and with always being into crafts she started a blog called Back to the South. And so I would just write about the decorations, how to, you know, set your table or how to make this or so on and so forth. So that's where it came from. And then in the home decor world, at least as a blogger, mugs are a big thing. Mm-hmm. And so I started making mugs and loved them. But I was like, they're kind of boring. Like, <laughs> like, I need to expand. I need something else. <laughs> like, this isn't working anymore. Like, I need something. And so I was watching TV or I was out and about. I can't remember. But I saw somebody with a cup that was blinged out. And I was like, oh, that's it. That is it. That is not your typical cup. Yes. And I need to be all over that. So I started bling mugs, um, which, of course, caught people's attention. Um, Then it moved on to water bottles. And it was so funny because my husband is like, nobody's going to buy that. And nobody's going to spend that kind of money on a water bottle. Boy, he was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
He was he was like, I don't understand. He's like, you and your customers are just really bougie. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> I have several. I have so many blinged out cups in my cabinet from That's you that awesome. I love. And it just Yay. gives you that like, I don't know. There's something I was drinking out of it yesterday. My ice matcha uh-huh. and my blinged out be beautiful. Yay. And it just does make you happy. Like, it does add a little something. Yes, definitely. You can't not have a smile on your face drinking no. from a pretty cup. So how have you and or the business changed since those early days, since starting out? So it started, it stemmed from the blog, but you've expanded. I mean, it's completely different than yeah. how it started. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that process. So... Once I realized that my husband was wrong (laughs) and that people were really going to buy some blinged out things, I was like, okay, one, I can't do the home decor and the, like, it was too much. I was like running all over the place. So I shut down the home decor, focused on back to the South Bling. um, And it started off simply as drinkware. I was like, I'm only doing drinkware. That's it. Um, and over time, just being out at markets and people asking, well, do you have this? Do you do this? And I kept that list. Every time at every market, I always had a notebook so I could write down what people were asking me about, just in case I ever thought about expanding. And I quickly realized that I needed to expand. You know, you even if you're somebody who loves cups and you love mugs, eventually you're going to run out of cabinet space. This is true. <laughs> I can attest to that. Yes, me too. And so I was like, well, thinking about a bigger picture and what I want my brand to mean, what other items or what other products can I make that will um, represent that? So then it was like, okay, T-shirts. Because that was the one thing that almost every market people were asking me about was blinged out T-shirts. So that started, that went well. And then it kind of just transformed into, okay, t-shirts. Well, what goes with t-shirts? What earrings go with t Like, and it just kept growing and growing. So that's kind of how I've gotten it to where it is right now. That's amazing. And I think there's two key things that you said in there. One, you leaned into one aspect of the business and stopped the other. I think as an early entrepreneur, that is the smartest thing that anyone can ever do because you are limited in your capacity in terms of time, mm-hmm. just being able to focus and energy. And so when you have a drive and a passion, leaning into what's feeding that versus trying to do all the things. Yes, yes. I tried to do all the things, but it didn't work out very well. No, and then you don't do <laughs> anything well. Right, right. And that energy feeds into your product or your service that you're selling. Like people will pick up Mm -hmm. on that. So that's very admirable and such a great tip for anybody out there that is thinking of turning like a side hustle into a business, really focusing on like a really niche product or niche focus, Mm -hmm. then growing from there. Absolutely. Get um, really good at that one thing. And then expand, trying to do, I don't think the business would have grown if I would have been trying to to do all of those things at one time when I initially started. And it's confusing for your customer Mm -hmm. because then they come to you and they're like, wait, is she doing drinkware? Is she doing home decor? Like, is it a blog? Wait, is it this? Mm -hmm. And so when you really niche down and then slowly expand 
And then to the second point you made, people were asking for this like one specific product. So the clothing. Mm -hmm. And so you, I mean, people are not shy to tell you what they want. No. So, and they will tell you. And I feel like when you hear the same thing from like a handful of people who have no idea that anyone else has said this, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty clear indication that it's worth looking into. So yes, those are two great things I think that other business owners or aspiring business owners, entrepreneurs should like lean into the, to those two things. Absolutely. So who are your favorite people to follow in terms of business online or who do you look up to? Who do you look up to? So I um, took a lot of my classes and who I see as a mentor is she's known as the Crystal Ninja. Mm. Um, yeah, she's out of California. And, oh, my gosh, her work is, it's amazing. Um, I mean, she blings elevators. And oh, my gosh. And, I mean, her work is just amazing. I would never uh, even amazing. know you could even do that. I know. I didn't either. Wow. But yes. That's fantastic. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> she is the reason why. Um, it's funny because I'm actually looking for a new car. And so I had already, I've already told my husband, I was like, I'm blinging out my, my, my wheels. <gasps> I can't like, what? wait to see that. Yes, yes. So I've got a group of girlfriends. Um, they bling as well. So when I get the car, we're just going to knock them out over a couple weekends. So I'm excited. You have to video <laughs> that process. I will. I oh, will. my God. That's amazing. Do you know, like, color, style, anything that you're going to do? Like, do you have a pattern in mind? I think I'm just going to do, like, the spokes. Um, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want a black on black on black car so that, you know, the black rhinestones will sparkle pretty good. That's going to so, be so amazing. Yes, oh, my yes. God. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> That's amazing, too, to say how you see someone for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a thing to be said for there's a way to be inspired by someone. And then there's a way to copy someone. Yes. So a lot of times, especially women in business, I feel like we get those two lines blurred Mm -hmm. and it doesn't help anyone. Some people will just try to rip off something that they see looks easy to do or they like being a part of it. Mm -hmm. So then they'll try to copy and paste and do it themselves. Yes. I think what separates like copying from inspiration is When you're inspired by something, you already have that feeling inside of you. You're already kind of doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And seeing someone else's designs or someone else's take on it, it inspires you to take yours to the next level. Yes. But you already have it in you. Yep. So. Agreed. That's really cool. I can't wait to see. I'm going to have to check out the elevator thing. (laughs) It's so cool. I was like, wow. It's amazing. So what is your favorite part of your job and what you do? Actually making the products. Yeah. That's As a maker, really, you're like, I just want to make pretty things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. Um, so, yeah, that's my favorite part. That and, like, the emails or the DMs that I get from people who are like, you know, I received this gift from someone and every time I use it, I feel so special or it just makes me happy or like, and that's, 
that's what I want. That's my goal with Back to the South Bling. So that means I'm like, okay, I'm doing a little something right. Yes, <laughs> spreading joy. Yes. So what's yes. your least favorite thing of what you do? We all have it. All that other stuff, like getting everything. Like right now I'm in the process of getting everything together for my accountant, for my taxes. And oh yeah, I just hate <laughs> that. Like I can't stand it. And, you know, yeah, I don't like that part at Accounting, all. I would have to say, is my least favorite as well. I'm yeah. not a numbers person. I feel like creatives, like we're both creatives. Yes. So we love the creating of the craft of what we're doing. Right, right. But to have a business, you have to be in the numbers. Yes, you Especially do. like when you're doing a solopreneur, really doing a lot of it yourself. So mm-hmm. I can identify with the whole accounting and taxes process. I'm doing that as well right now. Thankfully, I have an amazing accountant, and we have some amazing women accountants that we know that work Mm -hmm. well with entrepreneurs and small business owners. So if anyone needs some recommendations, what are the values that are the most important to you when you thought about the kind of business that you wanted to build? I think that women recognize and know how great they are. That is really ultimately like what Back to the South Bling is all about. I mean, you can't walk around with a sparkly cup or a sparkly shirt or earrings or whatever and like stand in a corner and nobody notice you. Like that's not even possible. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do it. My biggest thing with Back to the South Bling is I want you to stand out. I want you to be there. I want people to see you. I want you to be your most fabulous self. My siblings are like, Lynn, you are so extra. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, that's a compliment. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. I mean, I'm definitely a wallflower of sorts Mm -hmm. as well, like especially in my personal life. Mm -hmm. For business, I can stand up and share and be, you know, a leader and be, you know, loud. Not loud. My voice is so tiny, but I try to be. Um, But I'm very confident. But Mm -hmm. in my personal life, especially if I'm by myself somewhere or I'm going into a new group situation where I don't know anyone personally, I am literally like hugging the wall. So I'm going to try taking my blinged out cups with me that will allow me to like (laughs) wall surf in those situations because it will invite conversation. You're Mm -hmm. right. It, Mm -hmm. It keeps you from being like, you know, holding yourself back a little bit. Yes, definitely. I know one time I was listening to a podcast um, or a radio interview, something, but there's a the woman that was being interviewed, that was something that she was talking about because I'm the same way. I'm, I'll be the wallflower, but she was like, always have something interesting with you that's going to strike conversation. So whether it be a large piece of jewelry or, you know, your shoes, your top, something that would make someone say, oh, wow, that's super cool. Or, oh, where did you get that from? And it strikes the conversation up so that way you don't necessarily have to do it. That's such a fantastic tip. Yes. And I am going to do that myself. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's It helps. So I want to jump into the mission behind Back to the South Blink. So one of the things that I think I was truly inspired by was when he- hearing your story it was October 21, mm-hmm. yes. um, which is crazy to think like we're in 23. Like that is feels not possible. Um, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But you had just launched your purple line. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we did 
this big event where everyone was able to bling their own glasses. And then you were able to show us your new collection and then talk through like the mission behind it, which a big part of that is your own personal story. So tell us a little bit about the purple line and the inspiration behind that. So yes, um, the Safe Purple Collection, I launched in October 2021. That was like the launch of it. But the purpose of that collection is to help women and girls. Um, I am a domestic violence survivor. When I started my business, I knew I wanted to do something to help others, but I didn't know what it was. And it, it took me a while to figure it out. And so I was like, okay, purple is the color um, that represents domestic violence. And of course, I'm like, I want to help women and kids. And so it was actually a post that I saw that you did for the Women's Social Club. That's how I found out about No Woman, No Girl and Shernetta. After speaking with her and talking to her, I was like, yes, this is perfect. This is the organization that I want to partner with. Um, And so with the Safe Purple Collection, everything, of course, is purple. Purple, purple and clear, purple and white. But 25% of the sales from that collection is donated to No Woman, No Girl. Um, And so it's really nice. And it just makes me feel really, really good to be able to give back to the community and to know that I'm able to help to help someone out there because people helped me. So I'm a firm believer in pay it forward. And I mean, everyone needs help at some time. So when we did our event for the Save Purple Collection, um, you went through a little bit of your upbringing and then personal relationships that did involve overcoming and surviving domestic abuse. So there are kind of a couple of situations, which I feel like, especially for women, we repeat patterns. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up with my biological father was not a healthy person. Mm -hmm. I had very limited interactions with him, thankfully, um, and a very balanced family life with my stepdad, who I consider my dad, and my mom. But I was still exposed to like some things that I shouldn't have been and, and very toxic behaviors. And I found myself dating people like that mm-hmm. when I started going into the romantic relationships and things like that. And it's yes. crazy because it doesn't make any logical sense no. um, why we do it. But I would love to hear for you to share, if you're comfortable, a little bit about those situations that you experienced and how you overcame them. Yeah, Um So I grew up in a house um, where there was violence, um, physical as well as emotional. Like you said, it's things that a child should never experience, things that a child should never see. And also, as you mentioned, as you get older, you repeat those patterns. You you repeat what it is um, that you grew up with because it's what you know. It, It isn't logical. And I remember as a child always saying, I will never find myself in the, in this type of situation. I will, like, it was never, never, I'm never doing this. And I'm going to do this differently. And, and my life is not going to be like this. And, you know, all of those things that you tell yourself. But unfortunately, 
those nevers actually, it didn't happen that way. I did find myself um, in a relationship that was very similar to how I grew up. But I also hadn't done the work yet on myself. And so I was so desperately looking for love that I didn't get as a child that I didn't really recognize that that, re- like that wasn't really love. Um, I was trying to fill all those holes and those voids that I had from childhood. Um, and so that relationship, it was toxic. It wasn't good. And the patterns that were there, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but those patterns were there. I always say that my ex-husband forgot that when you get married, you're supposed to stop dating other people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Minor detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minor detail. Um, and things just continued from from there. Um, and I would see things. You ask questions. People are good at covering things up. Yeah. And making you think that you're crazy. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then you you question yourself and, you know, you don't you don't want to see what's really there in front of you. And I just wasn't strong enough at the time to really deal with it because, again, I hadn't done the work on myself. One good thing, though, that I can say is that the incident with him, the physical, it only happened once because I had grown up as a child in that situation. I knew that I had a choice to make. It was either have this, live the same life that I did as a child, as an adult, or you need to leave. And that was really scary. Luckily, I had some really, really good friends because when I, I walked out that house with two suitcases of clothes, and that was it. A friend of mine, she... She had a two-bedroom apartment. She used her second room as like her office. She completely cleared it out for me and let me stay. And I stayed with her for probably a couple years until I could get my my um, get myself to a place where I could stand on my own. <sighs> that is um, incredible. Yeah, but it, yeah, if it wasn't, I mean, like I didn't have anything. I mean, my... Bank account was negative every day. They gave me money. I just, I, I wouldn't have made it without, without them. I think there's so much to be said for female relationships. Yes. Um, yes. We, we are soulmates as well. It isn't just a romantic relationship that can be your soulmate. Yes. Um, I have very much leaned on my very best friend who, has who has been through my I went through an abusive relationship as well in college mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was there and witnessed it all um wow. helped me snap out of it mm-hmm. and I don't know where I would be if it hadn't have been for her because like you were saying you know if you haven't done the work yet you accept the love that you think you deserve yes and so you just feel so lucky Mm-hmm. To have mm-hmm. this person right. that like loves you, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he was unfaithful. He had there were so many things that crazy stories of women coming directly to me, telling oh, wow. me 
that they had records of their conversations and things like that. And again, when I would confront this person, they had all of these, I mean, it was amazing. Yes, it is. Like rationale Mm -hmm. to the T, every kind of explanation you could think of, cool, calm, collected. Yes. And it really did make me feel like, oh my God, I am the worst person like coming Mm -hmm. after, like he has been doing nothing but being, you know, sweet to me and like all of these things and here I am accusing him of something so terrible but that's how it does escalate Mm -hmm. so it started with just like infidelities and then that's when it grew into more like physical abuse Mm -hmm. um, emotional abuse where he started to like really take me away from all of the friends and relationships that I'd had and I remember one of the conversations when I was leaving the relationship. Mm-hmm. And he literally said, who are you going to go to? You don't even have any friends. Wow. And I was like, yes, I do. Yes. They're still there waiting for me. Yes. And I can apologize for my lack of awareness and and being there for them as a friend, but they will be there for me. And they were. And it was my healing process similar to yours. Mm-hmm. When you can't stand on your own, like right. they're there to stand with you. So, yes, yeah. hearing other women share their stories, I feel like it gives you so much validation Yes, for a season when you felt very unvalidated. Very much so. Very much so. And that's, that's um, another reason why the Safe Purple Collection is called that, because as a child and even in that season of with my ex-husband, I never felt safe. Never. So. Yes. Yeah. So as women who have lived through and overcome different abusive situations, I know there are red flags that I see. Um, I've learned part of like doing the work and part of my personality that I thought was just like, oh, intuition. No, it's actually your trauma response of like why you see yes. these things mm-hmm. and yes. like you pick see. up on these things. Yes. Um, But what are some red flags for, some red flags that you look for um, or that you notice when you, when you were building new relationships coming out of that toxic time? One of the things is the and it's hard to explain, but the way that someone speaks to you, um, you know, are they demeaning? Are they talking down to you? Are they, um, you know, calling you names or, you know, oh, well, why did you do that? That was so stupid. Or, you know, no one should talk to anyone like that. Yeah. So to me, that's that's a red flag. Um, the fact... You know, if I'm asking you questions um, and you don't really answer the question, um, you know, so maybe it's, okay, I see you talking, saw you talking to a female. Okay, well, who was that? Oh, it's just just a friend. She's nobody. Okay, well, I'm going to need some more information. <laughs> I, that's not really telling me anything. Yes. I'm, I'm going to need something else. Yes. Um, Trying to... um. Keep you from doing things that you always like to do um, or trying to really get you to change who you are. 
I know that um, with my ex-husband, so I had started my master's and then, you know, life gets in the way and you do other things and I stopped and I didn't go back. And so, but I had promised myself, I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish my master's degree. And during that marriage, I had told him, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to school. You know, it was just a matter of us finding a time to do it and, and all of that. And so he had not finished his bachelor's degree. And he had told me that that was something that was important to him. And I said, okay, well, we can't both go to school at the same time because we were also, um, at that time, we had his child um, because his mother was on a tour an unaccompanied tour in the military. So we had him, we're like, okay, well, we can't, you know, we can't both go. So we decided since he hadn't finished his bachelor's, he would go first. Um, and so he went for about a semester or two and then stopped going. And so I let the time pass and I let the time pass. And I was always like, are you going back? Are you going back? Yeah, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. Okay, time is still going by. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not waiting on you anymore. I'm going to go enroll in school and I'm going to finish. And I just remember him, I guess I would call it taunting me. You know, I would come home from class and he's like, you think you're better than everybody else. And you think you're better than me. And just because you're getting a master's degree and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, I'm trying to better myself, which is going to better us. So you're going to benefit from it. But he didn't see it that way. Um, so things and behaviors like that, you know, he was like, you don't need to go finish your degree. You don't need that. Okay, no, I'm finishing. So behavior like that is also a, a red flag, you know, in that situation, he should have been encouraging and he was the complete opposite. And it's based on their own insecurities. Exactly. Because that's so important. You're like, well, he felt insecure by the fact that he hadn't finished his ma his bachelor's. Yes. So he surely did not want you to mm -hmm. have a master's above right. him. Um, so, yes, then he would just do little digs. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I think abusers do, too, at first when they do it, it's almost funny. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a joke. Mm -hmm. I know mine, like, one of his big things with me was, like, physical things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because as a woman, you're always, like, insecure about physical things. I feel yes. all of us have our things. Absolutely. Um, but his nickname for me was, like, Fatty. <gasps> and he would joke. And Snuffleupagus, because it was the elephant on Sesame Street. Oh, my gosh. So that's, like, what he would literally, like, call me. And it was a joke. And he would say it just, like, so easily. And so I laughed along with it, and it became, right. like, a joke. But then it slowly becomes, like, not a joke. Exactly. And exactly. that's something to, like— I don't know, just always keeping in mind when people say things as a joke mm -hmm. and it's offensive or it's belittling, then yes, red flag big time, all the way. Yes. And it, it just escalates and you don't, when you're going through it, you don't even realize the escalation and what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then once you're out of it, you're like, 
oh my gosh, it was all there. I just didn't right. see it. Right. Yeah. Like blind, like mm-hmm. huge red flags. Yes. Like flashing lights. Yes. yes. But that's how I feel like abusers and people mm-hmm. who are extremely, extremely manipulative, like mm-hmm. they're so good at it. Um, Very good. And it is subtle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how it can a lot of times take control over you. And a lot of times they do prey on, you know, people who have had past experience or who are yes. just really vulnerable, trusting people mm-hmm. um, that they know will be easily like manipulated. So Very never true. again. And a partner in a relationship should always be a huge part of your support system and cheerleading yes. squad. And especially if like what you're going to be doing is going to benefit them. Right. Exactly. Like if this works, we're both going to be on a beach yes. sipping my time. Thank you. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to yes. be by myself. Uh, yeah. So do you have any specific um, ways that you sort of take care of your own mental health now that you really do sort of doing the work that the steps that you've taken? So for me, working out is a really, really, really big part of my life. I work out six days a week. Um, And it's a way just for me to to release like for me, it's just, it's very freeing. It clears my mind. Um, so that's something that I always do, and that's a big help. Um, there is a podcast that a friend of mine turned me on to. It's called The Happiness Lab. Hmm. And it's the scientific and psychological ways of, of looking at what really makes you happy. Like we talk about all of these things like, oh, if I get this house, if I get this car, if I'm friends with this person, if I buy these clothes, I'm going to be so happy. And that stuff doesn't make you happy. Right. It's stuff. It's the non-stuff things that really, really make you happy. Um, You know, think about people who are extremely wealthy, but they're miserable. So money can't buy your happiness either. So it's an awesome podcast. Um, I love it. Uh, another thing that I do is, so I am very self-critical. Um, I hold myself to a ridiculously high standard. <laughs> and um, so I do not celebrate my successes at all. And so this year, I promised myself that that was something that I was going to do. And so to hold myself accountable on my Instagram page, every month, the first week of the month, um, I do a reel, which shows me writing in one of my bling notebooks, the successes that I had for the month. So it's the way really for me to keep myself accountable because otherwise I won't do it. Yes. Um, And for me, just learning to, it's a way to train myself that your successes don't have to be these big, huge things, you know, like It could be something as small as I think I put on um, for this month that I had trips that were already planned and already booked, which normally I do it at the last minute, Mm -hmm. you know. And so that was something that I wrote. It doesn't have to be, you know, some big, huge thing. It could be something as simple as, oh, I tried this new dish and it turned out well, you know, but just trying to make myself celebrate myself. 
um, and work on that self-criticism, that inner critic Yeah, that's always there. That's really great advice. Um, working out is a big release for me as well. I do hot yoga normally three days a week is about what works with my schedule. Mm -hmm. Sometimes nice. I can do four, but I do have to choose. Like, is it actually going to cause me more stress if I do it this fourth day? Or yes. So it just very much depends, but the same. Like, when I leave, I feel this release. Mm -hmm. Like... Oh my gosh, all of the stress, all yes. of the feelings come out. And I can definitely tell when I haven't done it mm -hmm. those three days a week. Um, yes. It definitely feeds into all the things and all the places. Um, so yes, I can very much relate to that. And then I love the, the podcast suggestion because that yes. was one of the things I was going to ask was like resources mm -hmm. that you had to like, I don't know, just constantly. I mean, it's a constant thing to work on yourself. It is. And you constantly evolve. So yes. who we are today, a year from now, we're going to have different challenges. We might mm -hmm. still have some of the same, but, you know, you grow and evolve, hopefully. So Definitely. I'm going to have to check out that podcast. Yes. Let me know how you like it, but I love it. It's my favorite. And then I think also celebrating, like even the little things. I was mm -hmm. actually thinking about this this morning. I was getting ready to come to this interview. I was like uh -huh. putting on my makeup and I was like, gosh, like this time last year, I would never have imagined this is what I would be doing, you right, know? Right, right. And there's so many little things that got me here mm -hmm. and the club here. And I never stopped to be like, wow, like we reached like this goal. Wow. We like expanded to another location. You know, that location yep. is still open. Like we haven't closed any locations. Like everything is going well. And with each new chapter, like the new people you meet mm -hmm. and the new connections you make. So yes. I can very much, um, I don't know. I just think that's a really good point to celebrate those small wins because mm -hmm. that's what leads to the big ones. Yes, yes. All of those tiny steps get you to that big goal. So what is your proudest accomplishment with business or personally to date? I would have to say that the thing that I'm most proud of was that I left um that I left that initial marriage because when the abuse, like, it just keeps going mm -hmm. and it just continues to escalate. And so there are some days I'm like, oh, my God, where would I be if I would have stayed? Yeah. Um, But I'm glad that I'm glad I left and I, I pushed through and I did the work. So I would say that's, yeah, I wouldn't have this amazing life. I wouldn't be married to my amazing husband that I'm with now. So, yeah. I would say that would be from the outside looking in. The proudest thing as someone who loves watching you and supporting you um, that I would be the most proud of for you because that takes a Thank lot you. of courage. And sharing your story so that other women don't feel alone in it. And yes. then they yes. feel like they have an ally, someone they could reach out to, someone they can relate to. Mm -hmm. um, and it helps just end the stigma against it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It takes that power away. So where do you see yourself and or the business in like five years? 
That's such a hard question. And it I know is. none of us really know. But in, in the crystal ball of Back to the South Bling. I would say five years from now, I would like to have a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. That, I think that would be the coolest thing. And even if it's, um, yeah, brick and mortar store. I could so yeah. see yeah. that. Brick and mortar. Would you say in the Raleigh area, Durham, yes. Raleigh? Yes, yes, I think Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Well, I will I will be shopping there for sure. And what can people expect from you next? Like, is there anything coming out of the pipeline that you're working on, that you're excited about, that you can share with us? Um, at the end of this month, I'm going to be launching um, some bling pens and bling journals. So the journal covers will be blinged out. So that's coming at the end of this month. I will be getting one of those because <laughs> I love your idea of writing down your wins. Yes. I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So when I write out my goals and I see them and I retain them in that way, it's different yes. than me just sitting and silently thinking about something. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I love that. And now you Thank have you. like the the joyful accessories that we can use. Yes, yes. (laughs) So where can people go to learn more about you and Back to the South Bling? Um, My website is backtothesouthbling.com. And then you'll also find me on Instagram as Back to the South Bling. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yes, it was nice to catch up and to talk through, you know, some kind of heavy things that we've both unfortunately had Mm -hmm. to live through. But fortunately, we've both come out the other side and we can share our experiences with other people. Absolutely. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you so much to Lynn Woods and be sure to check out backtothesouthbling.com. And a few ways to follow Women's Social Club. One, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And two, you can visit thewomensocialclub.co and find the community that's closest to you. If there's nothing close to you, please let us know. And third, follow us on social media where you'll find clips of this podcast as well as Women's Social Club's events throughout the country. We're at Women's Social Club on both Instagram and TikTok and at The Women's Social Club on Facebook. This podcast is edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Hannah Weisberg, and on behalf of everyone at The Women's Social Club, we can't wait to welcome you into our sisterhood. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.